Hello, welcome to the John Sanders Podcast. I'm here today again to talk to you about my website, johnsanders.com, and my book that's on the website, Parables for Entrepreneurs. So we're, today we're going to do something beyond the Parables for Entrepreneurs, because on my website you'll find a whole series of articles or, and that I wrote many years ago, and my favorite one I'm going to talk about today. It's the Sales Lessons from the Music Man. For those of you that are under 30, you won't know about the Music Man. That was a great movie produced in 1966, following a long-running Broadway show by Meredith Wilson. It's a great, I love the story. To me, it's a great story, but it brings some lessons that everyone who's a door-to-door salesman, and fundamentally, we're all door-to-door salesmen. But I grew up selling bottles door-to-door, and then typewriters door-to-door, long before the computer. But The Music Man was first produced in 1966 after a long-running Broadway musical by Meredith Wilson. It's loaded with such stars. Robert Preston, The Music Man, Shirley Jones, Ronnie Howard, Buddy Ackett, Hermione Gingold, and Paul Ford, all great actors. Professor Hill, played by... by, uh, by uh, Robert Preston, is a guilt-edged con artist who has more schemes than a hound dog has fleas. He hoodwinks the credulous town folks of River City, Iowa, in organizing a boys' band so he can sell them instruments and, and uniforms. Then he tries, tries to skip the town before his chicanery is unmasked by the suspicious and lovely Marion, the town librarian, of course, played by Shirley Jones. Great music, though. I love the music. So not only is this one of my favorite musicals, but to use the storyline contains most of the key sales principles for products and services. So I'm going to outline them. Number one, the environment for selling anything is constantly changing. In this case, the first music is on a train and the credit versus cash sales. The old timers are upset because because the new guys are giving credit, and they've always done cash sales. So they got cash versus credit, cash versus credit. And it goes to the sound of the train. Number two, it's a big world out there. There are lots of customers for any product and service, and you have to keep banging on the doors until the right group of buyers for your product or service are found. They're out there. Just look at Amazon. There's buyers for everything. Number three, this, the, the other song I love, you got to know the territory. And so you have to know what you're going to be selling into. What's the environment for it? What are the people like? What are they going to do? Number four, this is a big one. There has to be a hook. The customer has to have a need. If you can't prove a need for him, he's not going to buy it. This is a critical aspect for any sales effort. And the music man recognizes that the new pool hall in River City must have a counterculture for the young boys and thus has created the River City Boys Band. So he gets the parents to say, I want my boys playing in the band instead of being in the pool hall. And by in those days, pool was kind of down and out. Billiards were the game of prestige. You didn't have pockets. Number five, the customer must recognize the need 
and that action is necessary to fulfill the need. Dramatic selling may be required at times to enforce this principle. Number six, find an advocate in the organization. Let someone who has an influence, especially if they can be converted and thus become very zealous, this is where the music man excels. He goes to the heart of the problem and turns it around. Number seven, locate the official who can veto the decision, involve that person somehow in the positive aspect. Convince them, the marketing person, the secretary, federal sales manager, or the spouse. Diffuse the doubter and support the advocate. All right, let's move on. Number eight, don't be afraid to approach the customer directly. Sooner or later, you gotta, that customer has to make the decision. So sooner or later, you're going to have to approach the customer. Don't keep going around the corners. Number nine, recognize that your past promises and actions will catch up with you. If there are some bad results, be prepared to deal with them in future customers. Know the negatives and the competition. Number 10, ultimately, to be successful, the product has to do what you promise. Sooner or later, a flim-flam, that's an old term we used to use of the medicine salesman that sold the, the junk medicine. Sooner or later, a flim-flam will end your career. If promises and claims are made, the long-term customer will have to be satisfied. There is no substitute for this. So let's look at what happens with the music man. He sells a lot of band's instruments and uniforms to the parents there in River City. But the mayor, who happens to own the pool hall, it's played by Paul Ford, the mayor wants the school board to get, find out uh, the music man's background, check his vitals. Well, the school board happens to be played by the Buffalo Bills, which in those days is one of the top barbershop quartets, and they sing all, all the way through. And, and uh, whenever the music man gets them, he gets them off on a song, and they start singing, and he sk skedavers. It's, a it's, a, it's just a lot of great acting in there. So finally, they catch up with the music man, and they bring him into the big city uh, meeting of all the voters. And they're going to bring the music man in, and the mayor is prepared to tar and feather him in those days. Put tar on him and put feathers on him and get him out of the city. So they're ready to bring him into trial. And just about that time, the whistle blows. And in comes the Rivers, River City Boys Band. I get choked every time I get to that point. Here comes the young guy they got to be the band director with his great big baton. And he comes in with his uniform and he's there, the drums are blowing, and then they come to the to the uh, uh, into the city the, the meeting, stand up in the front, turn toward the audience, looking to the music man to come and lead them in the band. Now the music man all this time has convinced them that you can learn music by the thought process. You think the music, you think the music, and you'll be able to play it. So he didn't give them any real lessons. So his to be girlfriend, Marion the librarian, Shirley Jones comes up to him and says, okay, this is it. 
and she takes a long stick that they use for uh, uh, chalking the, the uh, chalkboard, breaks it in half, so he makes a baton out of it, hands it to him, and he says, I don't think this will work. And she says, yes, it will. She gives him that loving aid from a woman to the, her man, just like Ashley would do around here. And so he goes up and he closes his eyes and he starts to go like this and it goes, oompa, 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 da 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 And all of a sudden from the audience, that's my Jimmy, that's my Johnny, that's my Willie. And the whole task begins to get on board with the music man. So guess what happens? They start marching out of the town hall and get out and you get the 76 trombones with the band and the band goes on and on and on as they march down the street. And there's Shirley Jones with Robert Preston and together they're leading the band. What a great story. But the music man, but those principles they gain from it are even greater because as I said, all of us when we go to selling, it's nice to sell on the internet. But sooner or later the winner has to do one-on-one. -on -one. That's the sales that really make a person. As I say, I grew up with that. My first sales selling Bibles door-to-door, -door, I loved it. And because, you know, it's a product that people use. And I used to go into homes. I, I was with a group out of the University of Louisville that did revivals up in southern Indiana. Yes, we did. Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. And I was the band leader. I mean, the music man leader because I was outgoing to say the least. So anyway, during the day, so you had nothing to do. So I had my little Bible kit and I would go around to these uh, farmhouses and the woman of the, of the house was always home and she was always bored and she would always answer the door. This was 60 years ago, thereabouts, 65 years ago. So, um, I was a senior in high school. So I would approach them and I would, first thing I would do is say, how many children do you have in the house? I would have a track, the Gospel of John, a little pamphlet with the Gospel of John. I said, I have one for each of the children. So it's always four or five in those days. They had to work the farm. So then after I had that information, I said, now I sell Bibles that are inexpensive. Each of your children ought to have his or her own Bible. No hand-me-down, no one you bought at a, at a trade show. You, they should have a fresh, clean, their own Bible. So I had, I don't know, I remember what the price, three or four dollars, something like that, which was still a lot of money in the 1950s. But anyway, so I would do that. That would give me a chance to go in the house. The key was to get in the house, look around and say, where's the family Bible? Because the family Bible was the $50 leather-bound edition. That's the mother load, I called it. That's where everybody made money, the company, and the salesman got his $20 commission. I sold a family Bible, I made 20 bucks, and I was gone. <coughs> so I tell entrepreneurs today, when you get in with a company, start selling them something. Then look for something you can do that has a higher profit margin because that's the way you grow your company is with higher profit margins. Look for the family Bible. 
and uh, so that's what we did. I sold. Uh, I would usually sell. Make in a, a day on selling, I'd probably sell twenty little Bibles, but I would sell one or two family Bibles, and that made the that made the sale. <clears throat> so the music man was good at that too. He could sell people. He could give them the the need again. You had the need of the pool hall and the boys to get off the streets. <coughs> so, but the the end of the of the movie brings tears to your eyes as you see Robert Preston and Shirley Jones and these boys marching down the street to the song of the seventy six trombones. And the seventy six trombones goes block after block, big band. Great story, great movie, great music, great lessons, a lot of fun. You can still rent it. Amazon sometimes lets you rent it for nothing. Other times they'll charge you because there's not that many copies around. I have a copy, by the way. Anyway, get the, get the, get the, get the music. Read the book. Read my article. It's on my website, johnsanders.com. Remember, there's a lot of John Sanders out there. But there's only one johnsanders.com. Thank you all for listening.